There are several reasons why we're gathered today. Let me just uh, make a comment on the, the passing of Edna's mother, Remedios Agoncillo. She died 40 days ago. She was 92, as I said, but she was almost 93. She would have been, well, she would have been 93 by now. Her birthday's in the end of January. Six children, 12 grandchildren, five great-grandchildren. Since uh, not many of us could get down to Lemery Batangas for her wake or funeral, I'm very happy that we can have this 40th day mass for her here. And I think all of you are here, or many of you are here to pay your respects to her and offer condolences to the family. Sometimes people have the wrong idea about this 40th day. They, they think that Jesus, after his resurrection, wandered around for 40 days before he could go to heaven. That's not what happened to Jesus. He went to be with the Father on Easter morning, and he appeared for 40 days. So people apply that wrong idea to those who have died and say, well, they wander around for 40 days before they can go to heaven. That's not what happens. When we die, we're judged. When we're judged, we go to heaven or hell. When, if, we're, if, we're, if we need purification, then we undergo some purification. And that's a mysterious process which we don't know that much about, but we do know that we can help those who have died. That's why we offer masses for the dead. We pray for the dead. That we actually can help them. So the 40th day does not mean necessarily any change in the experience of uh, Remedios. It's more a, 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 the end of a period of grieving time for the, for the loved ones and the family. It, it, it shows that well, that you survived. I mean, after being hit with such a big loss, loss of a mother or a grandmother or a sister, it can seem like grief can be overwhelming in, in the beginning. But after 40 days, you realize, well, I'm still here. I'm still okay. And in fact, God is good. He's good all the time. He was good 40 days ago, and he's good now. And we can trust in him. He's the Lord of life eternal life. So that's part of what we're doing here. Now, another thing that we're doing here, I mentioned St. Peter Damien, but I won't address his case. I think what most people would be thinking about today is it's the last day before Ash Wednesday. In some cultures, this is uh, observed with all sorts of festivity. You know, the Mardi Gras tradition, I'm sure you've heard of it, or the Carnival. Carnivale, uh, that's, that's a, uh, a way of saying we're about to enter into a period of strict fasting, self-denial, no celebrations, so let's use up all our good stuff and have a little fun before we, before we uh, get down to business. There's a certain good psychology in that, like, okay, let's finish this, let's eat up all the chocolate so that there's none lying around to tempt us tomorrow. That's, there's not, that's not a bad thing. But you know, in the world uh, where there's no idea that we have to start a period of, of strict self-discipline, self-denial, and prayer tomorrow, where that, that's, that is removed from the equation, uh, then all, there, all that's left is celebration. And that kind of celebration, divorced from uh, a good reason, and divorced from God, and from any moral 
guidance becomes, it degenerates to orgies and gross sensuality and the, and the, the, the grossness that gets put on display today. In fact, in, in some places where the Mardi Gras tradition is, is big, they've been partying for days already. And this is just the last day of a huge uh, uh, mess of uh, debauchery and sensuality, drunkenness. Uh, so it's uh, shameful, in fact, shameful. So here in the Philippines, it's not a big tradition. I don't know why. Um, maybe because, I don't know why. People don't take Lent, they don't treat Lent so strictly either. So maybe people don't feel the need to like stop all the partying. But anyway, it is significant that we're coming to the end of this ordinary time and we're beginning Lent tomorrow. So we should all know that tomorrow is a day of fasting. It is a day of abstinence. It's a day of, to begin a period of penance and conversion. That is important. Today's scriptures help us enter into this transition from, from today to tomorrow. Jesus, in today's gospel, tells his disciples exactly what's going to happen to him. He's going to be handed over to men. He's going to be killed. He's going to rise again on the third day. This isn't the only time Jesus said this. He said this repeatedly. He was always preparing the disciples for what was going to happen to him. And at the same time, preparing his disciples for what was going to happen to them. Not in, not in the same detail, but everyone who follows Jesus Christ has to follow him along the way of the cross. That's, that's, that's the game. <laughs> there's, there's no jumping to Easter. There's no jumping to the resurrection without passing through purification, training, Self-denial, the cross. The Mardi Gras mentality, or the world's Mardi Gras mentality, which is, let's just party all the time, is, is an attempt to eliminate the cross from life. It's a pretty appealing invitation. Oh, let's just party all the time. But you know what happens. It doesn't lead to more happiness. It actually leads to misery, not only in the, in the next life, but even in this life. People who are looking for earthly or fleshly satisfaction all the time are actually miserable because they don't know how to love. They can't put their selfishness down in order to make a gift of themselves to others, and so all their relationships are shallow. And they end up being hungrier even though they're filling themselves all the time. So when Jesus says, here's the way, the way on the cross, he's not, he's not presenting bad news. He's simply revealing the truth about what leads to happiness. We'll be studying that for the next 40 days. So kind of interesting. We're, at, we're, we're observing the 40 days since the death of Remedios, and we're about to start the 40 days of Lent tomorrow. Well, Jesus gives this instruction, this very basic instruction to the apostles and to us. And the apostles, it says here, they did not understand the saying and they were afraid to question him. Which means they were pretty much like all of us. We don't really understand 
sacrifice and suffering. We don't really understand it. And we're afraid to ask about it. I'm even afraid to talk about it. I mean, it's part of our nature to resist suffering. Jesus himself didn't like suffering. No one does. But not liking something and refusing are two different things. Jesus did not like suffering, but he embraced it as the way. First of all, it was the will of the Father. But also, it was the way to fullness of life for, for himself and for everyone. So, now, they didn't get it. Why didn't they get it? It becomes clear in the very next verses. They didn't get it because they weren't really listening. They were instead so full of the question about who among them was the greatest. So here's Jesus talking about going down in order to rise. And there are the apostles thinking about rising without going down, being great without suffering. So that's why they couldn't get it. They were upside down. They were completely wrong. Their, their hearts and minds were completely backward. They want to be great, but they don't want the way to greatness. So Jesus, a wise teacher, says, okay, let me tell you how this works. If you want to be great, if you want to be the first, be the last. Be the servant of all. It's, it's, it's like he's revealing the very secret of greatness here. He's giving them a great gift. If you want to be great, if you really want to be great, and if you really want to be happy, if you really want a fulfilled life, serve. Give yourself. Forget about building up your reputation and impressing people. Try doing something good for others. And you'll find yourself very fulfilled. I, I think anyone who's tried this knows that it's really true. It's, it's costly, but it's really true. And it's a beautiful way. Then Jesus, in order to get, give greater focus to his instruction, takes a little child, embraces the child. He says, try serving this little one. Whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but the one who sent me. In other words, if you want the fullness of divine life, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, if you want to understand the mystery of love and eternal happiness, serve the little ones. Just serve one little one. One act of selfless charity is worth a fortune. That's what he's teaching us. So uh, uh, maybe that's enough instruction for now. But uh, it, it, you know, when we're reflecting on someone who has passed away, we're reflecting on someone who knows this already. If we were able to ask Remedios about true wisdom, about true fulfillment in life, she would say, well, don't worry about money. Don't worry about reputation. Don't worry about satisfying all your pleasures. Be concerned about following Jesus Christ. Focus on making a gift of yourself. Focus on emptying yourself so that God can be the one to fill you. I'm sure that's what she would say, because that's what everybody in heaven says. And they're very happy. So let's, let's uh, accept the wisdom of the scriptures, the wisdom of the saints, the wisdom of the liturgy, and we'll be in good shape to start our Lent tomorrow.